Welcome to Calvary Christian Assembly of God. My name is Pastor Floyd McDonald, and we are looking forward to you tuning in to this week's podcast. Don't miss out on this word from the Lord. But we are wrapping up and getting close to uh, uh, the end of creating a culture of contagious generosity, which has been our theme for the last few weeks. And so I'm excited to tell you that the first week, I've told each and every one of you that every one of you in this building are called of God. Every one of you have a specific calling on your life. And it is the desire of God that you fulfill the very passion and the very will of God in your life. God has a calling on each of you and hasn't forsaken, nor does want to forsake that call. It's about you finding out what that passion is that he's placed in your life. My passion is going to be different than what Brother Allen's passion is. Amen? But the center of it is is that we still center around seeing souls saved, healed, and delivered. Amen? And whatever that is whatever work that is in the church God has called you so number one everybody say the call Number two, we said uh, second, uh, last week, there was the commandment. God said this, and, and I believe this, our work for God, and I want you to understand this, is never a substitute of our worship to God. It should never take the place. And can I tell you that sometimes we need to be careful, and can I talk to you workers just for a minute, because I didn't make this point last week, that whatever you do, because sometimes, even with the matter of two services, uh, some people can substitute what they do in the church as, the, as they're attending their Sabbath of worship. And I can tell you this, don't do that. I'll get an amen anyways. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Bill. You said, what I'm doing is different than actually coming in here and giving my worship. Now, can I worship while I work? Come on. Everybody said amen. You should. But it should never replace. So a lot of times we can get caught up in where people will, and I appreciate the security team and I appreciate the nursery and all those things. We need people to fulfill those areas. But can I tell you, stepping into that place is not the same as your Sabbath for the day. Oh, I'm teaching now. Hallelujah. So I'm here to tell you, we need to all be engaged in our worship to the Lord. Amen. So there is not only that, the call, there is the commandment to worship the Lord. And then the the one that I want to talk to you about today, which is another C, is the contribution. Giving of one's tithes or offerings or time and talent to the house of God. Look at Exodus 35 verse 4 and 5. Moses said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, This is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is, and Pastor Bill didn't even know it. Whoever is of a generous or a willing heart. That word there means generous, willing, liberal, inclined, heart. Let him bring the Lord's contribution, gold, silver, bronze. Let me just make this point to you, and it's in your bulletin today. There can be no building for God unless the people of God are willing to contribute their tithes, their offerings, their talents, and their spiritual gifts to the Lord. Let me just tell you this. This is a resource. How many know Benji flies out the door real quick? Benjamin, that's who I'm talking about. Let me just say something to you. It takes this to keep the lights on. It takes this to send missionaries. 
It takes this to pay the staff of the church. Come on, somebody. And God wants to use this in your life. Come on. I, I'm going to get to something just in a moment. But, but, but I, want to, I want to just tell you this. And an old evangelist, you say something like this. Let me see your checkbook and tell me where you walk with God. Because where you spend your money is where your passion is. If it doesn't have, oh, it's getting quiet. Hey, y'all hear you? I can already see it. Pastor's talking about money again. Let's get a biblical basis. Come on. Pastor Bill doesn't get up here every week, and I know him well enough. I've served right along with him for almost five years now, and I can tell you this, is that he searches the word before he gets up there, not just to read a scripture before we take up tithes and offerings, but can I tell you that he's went right along with what I got to say here, is that God still desires a generous or a willing heart to give to him. Whether that's this resource right here, or whether it's your time or your talent, God desires a generous heart. Look at your neighbor and say, are you generous? Are you generous? Are you willing? Amen? Come on. Listen, money, you know this. Let me just go back to the word. Money in the word of God is talked about more than heaven and hell. It gets real quiet when the preacher starts talking about money. Listen to me. Money is perhaps the most measurable, one of the most measurable aspects of our faith. What do you mean by that, Floyd? Listen to me. How we spend our money reflects our commitment to our faith. Indicating whether we practice what we say we believe. Oh, my. And I'm going to tell you this. This also goes for the church. I'm going to make this statement. How the church uses her resources, God has entrusted to it, is a reflection of what the church values and what it believes. A church that does not reflect a generous spirit will struggle to grow and disciple generous givers. We've got to practice the same thing. If God has entrusted the leadership Myself being the under shepherd and deacons that God has appointed in this church. Guess what we got to do? We got to be a generous church. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so the decision is up to us. Let me just make this uh, question for you. Why does God, the sovereign Lord and majesty of the universe, want our resources? I love it right here. Some of you don't tune me out because I've been talking about money. You ready for this? Because God desires for us to be co-workers and co-laborers with Him. Amen. Look in your Bible. I want to show you something. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9. I know I'm doing a little teaching this morning, but we need this in our lives. We need this in our hearts and in our spirit. God desires for us to be, Pastor Bill said it numerous times, I've said it, co-workers, co-laborers with Him. Becky, isn't it amazing that the God of glory who spoke the world, that is so powerful to me, into existence, wants to use little old me to be a co-laborer with him. That's awesome. My finite mind cannot comprehend that. But that's what the Word of God says of what we need to do. Look at the Word of God and I'll show you. I'll give you two passages. The first one is 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 9. For we are God's 
fellow workers or co-laborers. You are God's field, God's building. There it is. 2 Corinthians 6.1. You're not far from it. Go ahead and turn over there. Look at what it says here. I love what it says in the ESV. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 1. I love this. Boy, I could just preach on this statement right here. Working together with him. Wow. Drew, that does something for me. Working together with God. Whoa, glory to God. Could God do it all by himself, Sam? Absolutely. Could God do every all these things? Does he, does he? I mean, let's just get down to brass tack. Does he really need us at the end of the day? Because what? guess what? He's God. And he can do it all by himself. But guess what? He chooses not to. Lift your hand and say, he chooses to use me. I want to be used. Lift your hand if you want to be used of God. Come on, don't you want to come right on the side? Come here, young man. I, I love you. You've been so faithful coming to church. You're blessed. I want to come right along with the Father. Come on, somebody. I'm going to pretend I'm his daddy. Come on. <laughs> I want to come right along with the Father and say, Father, whatever way that you desire for, if you want to use the resources, hold this. I know you want to hold that. <laughs> if you want to use my resources, well, let's get this right. If you want to use your resources, let me get that right. Amen? Then here you go, Dad. Use the resources for your glory, for your honor, for your praise. God desires to do that. God desires to do Thank you, young man. God desires to do that to each of you. Don't buy out of this second. I want you to realize you are a co-laborer. You are a fellow worker with God. Look at that again. I want you to underline that. Working together with him. The privilege of giving was presented in Exodus 34 to everyone. And Moses said to all the congregation of Israel, this is the thing that the Lord has commanded. So the offerings were given with a willing heart. I want you to understand their heart and their willing heart. Take Take from among you a contribution, they said. And I want you to look on down through Exodus and see what it said. I don't have time to read that whole thing, but it said, God desired that we give freely, willingly, and cheerfully. Aren't you glad that you can give like that on Sundays or whenever it's asked? Amen? Listen, look what they gave. They gave the right kind of medals in verse 5. They gave the right kind of fabrics in verse 6. They gave the right kind of animal skins in verse 7. They gave the right kind of woods in verse 7. They gave the right kind of oil and spices and sweet incense in verse 8. And in verse 9, they gave the right kind of stones and gems for the ephod and the breastplate. So we see all of that. But I want you to notice in 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, listen to me. Every man according as he has purpose in his heart, so let him Give. Not grudgingly or of necessity. Come on, somebody. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Amen. Come on now. You know what? Pastor Bill and myself, we've said that many a times. Listen, when you're giving and the offering plate comes along, and that offering plate comes along, it's part of your worship. Come on. Yes. Hallelujah. I'm glad to give. Come on. What rightly belongs to him. Amen? Amen. It's his monies. Come on, somebody. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I refuse to put my hand on what rightly belongs to God. Amen. Pastor Bill, come here just for a second. 
you say, well, this is very elementary. You know what? I don't want to disdain people that really don't know in church because I'll tell you what, we talk about tithing and people don't really understand the concept of tithing. If Pastor Bill in his check is $200 that week, made $200, $20 of that is going towards God. Right off the top. It doesn't pay my light bill. For a few more amens. Doesn't pay my light bill. It didn't pay Walmart first. You know what? This goes all the way back to the Old Testament and it's still in the New Testament. I'm going to prove it to you. I want to tell you this. When you put your hand on this right here, you are robbing God. When you say, thank you, Pastor Bill. When you sit there and say, I and take it all for yourself. Malachi addressed that in Malachi, the third chapter. Malachi chapter 3, they got to a place, I don't need God. I don't need to pay my tithes. I don't have time to go through all that. But you can read in Malachi chapter 3. He said, you've robbed me. Amen. And you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. I want to speak to some of you that have never done this before. You say, well, Pastor, I've never done this before. Can I encourage you to do it? Can I encourage you to start? Can I encourage you to start? And I'll tell you this. And I know I've made a bold statement and a brazen statement. But I will tell you this. Let's just say you, you're one, whether you get $100. I don't care if you make $5 a week. Come on, somebody. Give it off to what belongs to God of five cents. Come on now. Hallelujah. Give that 10% of what belongs to God. Amen? 50 cents. I'm sorry about that. Excuse me. Do my math. See, I'm off in my math. There we go. Whatever it is... Why don't you try it? Say, Pastor, I've never done it before. Try it. Right. Mm -hmm. well, let me just take you here because some of oh, y'all are getting so quiet. This is spiritual. Amen. If you can't get this right, you're not going to get other things right in your heart. And I'm going to tell you something. I want you to listen to me. Those that are struggling in this area will struggle in all kinds of other areas. Yeah. Because you're not being faithful of doing this right here. Is it putting money in the, the, the preacher's pocket? That is not what we're talking about today. It's being obedient to what God has asked us to do. Because I want to tell you what happened when the men and women of God got together as being cheerful givers in the book of Exodus. Let me tell you what happened. And I'm just going to get there in a minute. But let me go ahead and say that. Listen, this is either consecrated or it's cursed. It's set apart, this, this, what I mean, I don't know about y'all, but that's a pretty good deal. God says, I blessed you with a good job. You're making this amount of money. And all that I desire is the 10%. And then not only that, offerings on top of that. That's above and beyond, beyond your tithes. Come on. I'm going to encourage you, if you've never done it before, I want to encourage you, and I'm going to tell you this. Try for at least six months to say, I'm going to push back those things and I'm going to tithe like God wants me to. And if God hasn't proved himself, I'll give you every bit. This church will give you every bit of your money back. You know why? Because I know you won't come back to me. And I'm going to just ask you this question. This is point blank preaching, and I'm going to tell you this. Why is it, and I've already said this before, why is it that we can trust a loving Father that has forgiven us of all of our sin to get us from this world to the next, but we can't trust Him right here? 
What's wrong with that picture? What's wrong with that picture? And I, boy, oh, I love this because I can just see, boy, I can feel it in this room. Hallelujah. I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's either consecrated or cursed. That's exactly what the tithe is all throughout the Bible. The tithe is consecrated. It belongs to the Lord. How many say, I don't want to steal from God? That $20 belongs to the Lord. Amen. I don't want to take what rightly belongs to God. Come on, somebody. But if we take it for ourselves, it becomes cursed. Because we have stolen against God. Look at Malachi chapter 3. Ask somebody to help you get there. It's at the end, the last book of the Old Testament. Chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. And you say, but how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. He said, you're cursed. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Listen to me right now. Don't get mad at me because some of you are spinning right now. Or you're just gritting your teeth at me. I love you anyways, but listen to me. When we refuse to give our tithe and offerings, it reveals our lack of trust in Him and His continued faithfulness. Come on, I can tell you I've been doing this for well over 20 plus years and God has never failed me not one time. Not one time have I been late. Not one time has he ever failed me. God makes it clear that if we keep the tithe to ourselves, we are robbing God. What a sobering thought that we steal from God. Therefore, we're under a curse. Well, some folks want to explain this scripture, and it's still amazing to me, Pastor Bill, that I still hear people saying, well, that's in the old covenant, and it doesn't apply anymore. Well, let me tell you a scripture in the Old Covenant then that still applies and it still applies today. You're right there at Malachi chapter 3. Look at Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. For I am the Lord and I change not. Now, I want to ask the question. Here's my question to those who contend that the principle or the use of what I call an excuse, really, of tithing is no longer active. Listen, if God declared in Malachi 3.6, I do not change, then when do those things supposedly change? Because God didn't change. Amen. Let me just say this question. See, the tithe, and we can spend a year talking about it, but the tithe, everybody say the tenth, the firstborn, the first fruits, all belong to the Lord. God wants the best. Come on, somebody. This isn't a law. It's an unchanging principle in the word of the living God. Many people say, well, tithing's under the law, Pastor, and so I don't have to do it. So we're under grace now. They don't need to know that they're, they're see, they, I want people to know there are many things that, that, that are under the law but still continue to be principles of God. Yeah. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, adultery was forbidden under law. Is it now acceptable under grace? Let me define adultery because we can say big words in the church and not define them, and I'm sorry. That is sleeping with a, somebody besides your husband or your wife. Come on, brother. Outside of your marriage. Was it forbidden under the law? Is it okay under grace? No. Here's another one I was How about fornication? Let me define that for you. Oh, this is, uh, I'm telling you, did you know cohabiting is getting so much more popular than it ever has been these days? It's just easy to shack. And playhouse than to actually make a commitment. I'm preaching hallelujah. Was it forbidden under the law? 
Is it okay under grace? That's a principle that God has set in motion. If it was not okay to commit fornication, which simply means sex of any kind outside of marriage, which God does not approve of. Look at me. God is pro-sex. All your, all your teenage years, just plug your ears if you want to, but you already know it anyway. God is pro-sex, but he is pro-sex in the covenant of a husband and wife. Come on, somebody. Was it wrong under the law? Is it wrong under grace? Is stealing wrong under the law? Is it wrong under grace? You get what I'm saying, don't you? Hallelujah. I'm trying to prove a point here. So this is what I want to make. Tithing is an eternal principle throughout the word of God. It's from Genesis all the way to Revelation. You'll see it. See, I've been actively involved in ministry for over 25 years, and I've got two testimonies. Are you ready for this? There's the testimony of the non-tither, and there's the testimony of the tither. Does everybody know the testimony of the tither? Y'all ready to say it? Just say it. You know what it is. What's the testimony of the tither? Victory. What else? I'm there you go. There you go. I'm blessed and highly favored. God has provided all of my needs according to his riches and according to his. Here's the testimony of the non tither. I can't afford to tithe. And I'm going to just say this. Go ahead and put that up there. I think you know this guy right here. I'm not a smart man, but I'm going to tithe. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I don't think that it takes long to go ahead and figure that principle out. Come on, somebody. Amen. Have you given God a try? In fact, he even told the people, he said, I love you enough to say, put me to the test. Amen. That's what Malachi said. Put me to the test. And see that I don't provide. See that I don't open the windows of heaven. Hallelujah. Notice the blessing. You're already there in Malachi. At least I pray you are. 3 and verse 10. Look what it said. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of armies, I will open the windows of heaven. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's army. How many say, come on, God has provided all of your You take care and be obedient to what God has instructed and I promise you that God will always take care of you. Every time. What I found out is that those that struggle in this area, they either struggle with their finances because here's the first thing that I've come over learning pastoring and associate pastoring. When people come in my office and there are sometimes there's very legitimate needs that we need to help out. Don't get me wrong. But one of the very first things that I ask is when they're having issues like that, especially financially, are you tired? 
because I can tell you that, that if that's not happening, they will continue to struggle in that area for the remainder of their life. So let's do something. Guess what? We're going to get that right. I said, we're going to get that right. Come on, somebody. I can honestly preach this without having, some of you feel like, well, he knows exactly. No, I don't. I don't know what you give in this church. I don't want to know what you give in this church. But I am encouraging you, if you really want the blessing and the favor of God in your life, see what removes that. See, I'm going to tell you, Murphy, we call the Murphy's Law. Guess what happens? God makes that car last a little bit longer. God makes that washer and dryer go a little bit further. Can I get a witness, somebody? Yeah. Hallelujah. How many know God are just, everybody just looking, how in the world do you got something that old and it's still going? You lift up your hand and say, because I'll tell you the reason why. God has blessed me. God's favor has been on my life because I've given and been obedient to give. See, what it does is when you act in and operate in obedience, the blessing and the favor of the Lord, he said, I'll curse the devourer. Those that want to take you out. Come on, Murphy and the assignment of the enemy that want to take your home out. Can I tell you, God comes along and protects. Deanna called me the other day, Deanna, I'm Deanna called me Friday night, and, and I could tell there was just extreme concern on her heart when she called me about 8.30 around that time. And she said, Pastor, would you pray? She said, would you continue to pray? Pray right now. I said, what's going on, Deanna? She said, Tim and the boys were involved in a horrific accident. In fact, the guy who hit them has, has left the scene. She said, I don't know what, what's happening. I don't know if they're okay. She said, but I'm trying to get there as soon as possible. Tim had the boys... And thank God he was in this big truck. And I don't know the, the entire story, but I'll tell you this. Listen, God's hand of protection and his angels, come on somebody, was round about that truck to keep them safe. I don't know about you, but I don't want to play with the word. I want to be obedient on my tithes. I want to be obedient in my walk. I want to be obedient in my praise. Because when I step outside and being disobedient, it removes the hand of the blessing of God from my life. So I don't want to hinder that from happening. I truly want to operate in God's blessing and favor in our lives. I, I know you're getting... Uh, you're kind of wondering where is this going and I want you to hear this. Listen, I love this. Look at Exodus 35 again. I'm going to give you time to look there. Exodus chapter 35. Look at verse 20. After God addressed him, this is what's getting ready to happen. Look, I'm getting ready to show you something. Not only in this chapter but the next. Then all the congregation of the people of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. Verse 21. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him. You know what? I desire for what I'm preaching today. I'm not trying to say these things to make you feel bad at all. Listen, but the fact of the matter is, if the shoe fits, wear it. Come on, somebody. Say, this is an area where God needs to work on me, and I don't need to withhold what rightly belongs to him. So God is speaking. Because they had an opportunity to give for this tabernacle to be erected. And so what happened is, Sister Betty, what I pray is that men and women's heart in this building gets stirred. That God begins to deal with you to say this is an area where God is. And listen, I'll just tell you, God will not always supply back to you material or money's back. 
what he gives back is because he knows what's best for you. It may be back in monies. It may be back something in the word of God that, some, that God wants to bless you with or in another area. But we must learn to because Father knows best. Amen. Come on. He knows exactly what we need when we need it. We leave that up to him. Now in turn, I've been blessed financially. Come on. But how many say I've been blessed spiritually too, Pastor? Hallelujah. God has blessed me all the way around. And I want to tell you that then today. But look what happened. They came, everyone whose heart stirred and everyone whose spirit moved him and brought the Lord's conscience. Notice that again. Brought the Lord's contribution. Let me say that again because some of you ain't getting it yet. Brought the Lord's. In other words, it belonged to God. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I got to say that. Brought the Lord's contribution to be used. When all we care about is this right here. And all we're concerned about. And this governs our life. See, I'm just going to be honest with you. I could still be a pauper. Come on, somebody. And still love and serve God. I don't need that. This doesn't govern my life. This is nothing but a tool and a resource. Come on, somebody. But I'm not going to let it govern my worship. Come on. Of who I am in the Lord. I'm not defined. There are people that are defined in countries by this right here. There are levels and things. I know it's a caste system that is in India that still can exist. There are people that are living for this every little day that are ruled. What should it profit a man if he should gain and lose his own soul? Come on, somebody. I want to make sure that this is in right perspective. Come on, somebody. And there's a balance. Come on. There's nothing wrong with being successful. Amen. There's nothing wrong with God blessing you with a great job making a lot of money. But listen, we know where it belongs. Come on. And we know who gave it. And we know who's given it to us. Amen. And so again, these children of Israel were stirred. Come on. And God began to do something in them. So every one of them whose spirit was moved brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of the meeting for all its service to be uh, and for the Holy Ghost garments. See, they had the privilege. Did you know it is a privilege of giving to the Lord? Amen. Out of a willing heart than rather under pressure or compulsion. And so by this action, the sanctuary of God became the product that God was going to use for His glory and for His honor. Now I want to show you something. Go over one more chapter. I'm almost finished. I know you can't believe it, but it's true. Exodus 36, verse 2. Look at this. And I'm reading out a little bit different version. Now, I love this. Look at verse, verse 2 of Exodus 36. Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab. These were the two men that God anointed to help build that sanctuary. Look what happened. Along with all whom God had gifted with the ability to work skillfully with their hands. Again, what are we talking about? God called. We're seeing the hands are working here. We are seeing that they are being obedient in their worship. And now we are seeing that they're being obedient in their giving. And so we see Bezalel and Aholiab, which is being used of God in their specific areas, uh, anointed to build the tabernacle that was mobile. And so look what happened. 
The men were eager to get started and engaged in their work. They took from Moses all the offerings that the Israelites had brought for the work uh, for constructing the sanctuary. Notice this. The people kept on bringing. I got to say it again. The people kept on bringing <laughs> their free will offerings morning after morning. Well, Pastor, what happened? I'm going to tell you. This is what happened. And all the artisans or men that were working and called of God who were at work making everything involved in constructing the sanctuary came one after another to Moses saying, the people are bringing more than enough for doing this work that God has commanded us to do. Look at verse 6. So Moses sent out the orders through the camp. Men, women, no more offerings for the building of the sanctuary. How would you like it, church? Well, we got to go, no more offerings. Come on, somebody. That's what kind of willing and giving Monies that belongs to you. I want to give it cheerfully. Not something that the pastor requires from me. Nor is it a check mark from the assemblies of God. But because I simply just want to be obedient. Because I love him. And so I give it to him because number one, it belongs to him. That's where we're going right there. See, really, I want you to realize this. See, I want you to understand this. Listen to me on this statement. Generosity flows. Hear me. From an understanding that all we have, are, and ever will become is not ours to possess. And it results in sharing what we've been given with others for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Whether it's this right here being used in whatever talent is for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Real quickly, let me just give you a couple points right here. Here it is. Creating a culture of contagious generosity right here at Calvary Christian Assembly of God is embracing biblical understanding of stewardship. Number one is this. God is the owner of everything. Psalm, give me scripture, glad you asked. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That car, Brother Mark, that truck that God has blessed you with, it's not yours. And you may say, well, Pastor, you ought to see the bomb that I'm driving right now. The hooptie. That's what we used to call it back then. It still belongs to God. You've got to reverse a mindset because in this culture, in this world, it's all about me, mine, self. Come on, somebody. When it's switched, when you serve God, God says it's all yours, Jesus. Come on, my house. My job, come on somebody, the clothes that I put on, the food that I eat, it all belongs to Him. This is what we must have as a mindset of contagious generosity. I'm holding this today, but I want to let you know, I'm only called to be a steward of it. It doesn't belong to me. So 
off the top, I must say, God, I'm going to give what rightly belongs to you. And that's the tenth. And then above and beyond, which is the offering or whatever God moves on our heart to do. But can you imagine to a place? Y'all don't think it could ever happen. But can you imagine to a place here at Calvary where just people are just got the spirit of giving all inside of them, whether it's their time, their talents, their, their money, of the monies that God has given them, the abilities. And I'm going to go, stop! Don't bring anymore! We've got enough! But you know what? That spirit of giving so enveloped the people of Israel. The artisans, the guys that was called to that. Moses, we can't, we can't keep up with it. There's so much blessing, so much of the giving that he, he said, we can't even keep up. Moses had to order them, stop giving! So first of all, we must realize this. God is the owner of everything. See, I, I, I know you remember that little video that I showed not too long ago. Uh, I, I just loved it because I know Drew, he, he's like, how I many kids, they just watch the same videos 25 times in a row? And that was just like Drew's growing up was Nemo, 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 Nemo. <laughs> and so all we seen was Nemo was those crazy pelican birds that went mine, 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 mine. But it reminds me of the world. It's exactly how they act. Mine, 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 mine. Come on. Aren't you glad that when God converts you, go his, 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 his. Go like this with me. His, 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 his. So God transforms your mind and you're re he's renewing your mind like Romans 8 and Romans 12. He's renewing your mind, not to think as the world thinks, but to think as God thinks. So number one is this. God is the owner of everything. You know what that's simply saying? God, I simply trust. That's what it boils down to. If I got it today and I don't have it tomorrow, out of my hands I'm still yours all that I have still belongs to you my business the business you've given me belongs to you all the talents that you've given me it belongs to you so there it is God is the owner of everything number two real quickly this is why I want to say this what we have has been given to us by God Here's a scripture for it then real quickly that I'm going to give to you. Philippians 4.19. And my God will supply every need of yours according, here it goes, according to his riches. Everybody say that. His riches. In glory in Christ Jesus. And then Psalm 84 says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. He will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. That ought to make somebody shout right there. Hallelujah. That is a good scripture right there. Hallelujah. What we have has been given to us by God. I, I, I don't know. I was talking, I think, Brother Allen the other night. I'm going to tell you something. There's been times, I know this sounds foolish to some of you guys, and you can go ahead and think I'm a crazy. You always think that anyways. Just some kind of crazy. I've literally seen my grandmother when things have gone wrong in people's cars 
in situations they've been faithful. She has laid their, her hands on a car. Come on. How many's ever done that before? I know you think you're, people think you're crazy by doing it. Lay in. Come on, I've done it. I, I still do. I say, Lord, this is, come on, let's, let's get it back in perspective. This is not my car, but in the name of Jesus, I'm thanking you, Father. Come on, I'm not ignoring that sometimes we need to take it to the, the mechanic. Come on, amen. But there are times, how many know that you've gotten a miracle by laying your hands and just agreeing that God was doing the work? I know there's been many a time. You see, it's the blessing and the favor and the touch of God on that because you realize what we have has been given to us by God. So give it back and sit there and say, Lord, this car belongs to you. This washing machine belongs to you. Now, God, I thank you for it running when it's impossible to run. Amen. Amen. So again, we realize that. And then the last thing, and this is it. I know you think I'm shutting up. This is it. The resources we possess are assets to be invested in the kingdom of God. See, I don't want to do Debbie Downer today. I'm not talking about Debbie Downer. You don't give your tithe and offering. Bless God, your curse, you're going to die and go to hell. That's not what I'm saying. I am giving you positive to sit there and to say when you follow the obedience of the Lord and simply follow what God has asked you to do in the word of God, I'm here to tell you there's not enough room to contain the blessing of God. He'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Those insects of the enemy, come on somebody, that would like to eat up and come against your family and come against your life, not only will he bless you, I believe materially, and he has, but more than that, how many say I'm so thankful that God blesses my life spiritually and touching my children and my grandchildren and all of these things. Why? Because I'm investing in advancing the kingdom of the living God. That's the bottom line. I wanted to give you good today. I didn't want to shove you back into the corner and say, you know, yeah, bless God. No, I want to talk about the blessing and the favor of the Lord on your life. And so, I want you to realize that if we will take these biblical concepts and understanding of stewardship in our hearts. And for some of you, I realize, well, this is just review 101. Well, bless the Lord, we need to review 101 again. We need to realize to come back to the place where God is the owner of our lives. We need to review again what we have has been given to us by God. That's why I cannot, Sandy, sit down at a meal and disregard what's been put right in front. I mean, no, that's easy to do sometimes when, especially if you're in a hurry. Can I tell you? Every time, I don't care if it's a quick prayer. It ain't got to be this long. Oh, Father. <laughs> this chicken has been divine, oh God. <laughs> blessed art thou of the blessed chickens of... You ain't got to do all that. It's just simply recognizing where it came from. It wasn't your money that bought it over at Walmart. I gave my money to Bill. <laughs> His money to Bill. It was God's money. Come on, somebody. So, Lord, I want to recognize. Thank you, Pastor Bill. <laughs> so, Lord, I want to recognize that this chicken is in front of me today. Thank you for the gospel bird. It is a blessing, Lord. Bless it to the nerve from our bodies and our bodies to your service, Lord. Would you do that? Not just that, that what you eat. Would you do it with a car? Would you do it with a piece of clothing? It's creating a culture of thankfulness. I know the enemy, here comes the enemy, Nikki. You don't deserve it. 
Look at the devil say, you're right. I don't deserve it. But I'm one of his kids. I'm the child of the king. I said I'm the child of the king. And whatever he wants to give is his business. The way he wants to give. That's the way I'm going to respond. I'm going to respond with thankfulness. How many in here would just give the Lord a wave off and just say, Lord, I'm so thankful. Come on, he's been better to you than you've been better to yourself. Come on, you ought to give him praise right now and thank him, thank him, thank him. Come on, let's stand together and let's give him thanks. Come on, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you adoration. We magnify you. We exalt you, Lord. Thank you for what you're teaching us as a body and what you're ministering in the Word of God is that we are creating a culture of contagious generosity. Oh, God, let it be just like the children of Israel, Father God, that there is a stirring in our hearts. There is a movement that is going on inside of our spirit. And, Father God, we're not throwing stones today, but, Lord, I thank you for those that really haven't fully obeyed your Word to give a tenth of what rightly belongs to you. I pray today that they leave here, that they're going to be challenged to say, I'm going to start giving. I'm going to be obedient. And I'm going to tell you guys this, watch out, because God says, test me or prove me that I'll open up the windows of heaven. I'll curse the devourer for your sake, and I'll bless you. And God knows best what that is. He knows what it is in your life that you need of. Just lift your hands with me and just ask the Lord, help us in this area, Father. Help us in this area. Help us to do better. You're saying, well, Pastor, my, my, my little bit don't make a difference. Can I tell you? Oh, there's too much in the Word of God to tell you that there was offered little unto Jesus. And every time that Jesus took it, guess what he did? He multiplied it. Hallelujah. So don't tell the Lord it's just a little. I'm here to tell you, whatever that is, if it's the 50 cents, come on. If it's the $5, if it's the 200 uh, of 2000 can I tell you this? Be obedient. Allow God to take that and multiply it and use it for his glory. See, God has a way of working it out. Everything that you're worried about, he has a way of working it out. Hallelujah. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you want more information about Calvary Christian Assembly of God, please click on to the link in the podcast. God bless you.